0: This episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast is brought to you by the Replanted Conference. Replanted provides a time away for caregivers to be refreshed, equipped, and inspired. To register, visit replantedconference.org. You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more is at OneBigHappyHome.com.
1: Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me, as always, are Ryan and Kaelodor. Hey guys. Hey Chris. Only
2: 148 episodes in. No, I'm (laughs) kidding. He always says I'm just joking. Just joking, Chris.
3: Oh my goodness. How are
2: you, Christopher?
1: Sometimes I mix it up. You know, it's not always. I know. As always. Keep us on. Once again, As he gets a lot of usage as well. You keep us and the audience in the edge of our seats. The edge
3: of our seats, yes.
1: Not really, not really. To answer your question, I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> you look great. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank I just you. got a haircut. That's probably why. Looks awesome. High probably and tight. Why.
2: Um The reason that we're concerned about Chris's welfare is because uh, currently, I think the high today was like 106 in our town. Yeah.
3: That's At our. least. Lord pretty sure it felt like 125.
1: Yes, and my oldest child works outside for oh, his part-time oh, summer job. So they have lots of fans of all Jameson's sizes going. I can't going. even imagine. So, um,
2: I, was, I was on the phone um, with a friend of ours uh, the other day, and, he, and they live in Minneapolis, and it was like 9.30 at night, and he said that the daytime high had been 72, but it was going to get into the low oh, 50s. overnight.
1: Not cool. And you're thinking, you're lucky like just just to the phone and strangle you. Actually,
2: what I said is, I hate you and threatened to hang up. And then his kids were there, so it was a little awkward. But...
1: <laughs> well, this is why, you know, next month, or I guess the end of next month, my wife and I are, are going um, to cooler climbs for a week. So, Where are you going? I'm not going to divulge you. <gasps>
3: oh, super, super, super
2: secret, undisclosed, romantic getaway. I will tell the two of you <laughs> <laughs> we're not recording.
3: <laughs> you're oh. afraid podcast listeners are going to follow you there. That's what he's afraid of. No. They already live there. I feel like (laughs) everybody we know lives somewhere where it's not a million degrees. Yes. And we had, you know, so we were out of town. And I guess it was while we were out, this last weekend while we were out of town, our boys decided they were going to clean up our backyard because our backyard was kind of a mess. And so they were going to do the yard work before it got really hot. It was
1: already really hot.
3: I mean, it was hot, but it wasn't, you know as bad as it is this week right and so they like mowed it and edged it and picked up like trash because our dogs like to unpack our recycling bin (laughs) into the backyard and so
2: Kayla's dogs
3: (laughs) you know so they they just cleaned it all up and they were so proud of themselves like they texted us pictures while we were gone about like look what we did we fixed it all up and then on Monday afternoon in the middle of the day our tree branch fell you know that the branch is like,
2: hangs over the trampoline? Yes. It snapped off at of the trunk. Uh, your wife sent me uh-huh. a picture. Oh. Yeah. When they say
1: branch, they don't... Uh,
3: yeah. No, it's like It's insane. like half the tree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like quite... A, it's so, right, it's about like a third a of the tree, tree yeah,
2: yeah, it's gone. And yeah. and at the trunk which it snapped off, it's probably like wow. 40 inches in, in diameter at least. Yeah, it's huge. Least. It's pretty, pretty big, yeah. Like
3: if somebody had been under that, that could have been a problem. Yes. But thankfully, it was like a million degrees outside, so we were all nicely in the air <laughs> conditioning and yeah, just but, heard this... Th-
2: Thud. It busted the trampoline fence, bent the poles, tore through the trampoline, God, it was crazy. bust part of the fence, over the fence in the little canopy that our neighbors have over their pool furniture. We need to replace that. I mean, it's...
3: It was terrible. It took like four
2: days to clean up. Yeah. With like chainsaws.
3: I I said to the boys today, I was like, I feel so bad. Y'all spent like all Saturday trying to get the backyard cleaned up. And literally like half (laughs) the backyard was covered in branches. And then there's like sawdust everywhere because we had to get like a chainsaw. And he was like sawing it to pieces. I mean, it was so big you couldn't just pick it up and move it. You had to like saw it off the trampoline and off the neighbor's Canopy and stuff. Oh, our no. backyard is a disaster. No, and No longer a
1: disaster. I,
2: I, no, no. I, I, it looks I, I a lot a better
1: now. Who who chainsawed the, the branch? Our oldest. Tyler. And what, where's the wood currently?
3: And piles neatly in our backyard.
1: Because, hello, you can make some money. I <laughs> know. Yeah. There's coming.
3: People have fireplaces. Oh, we're uh, not no, going to make we're, money. We're I'm going to burn all of we're, it. We're
2: going to
1: save money.
3: <laughs> 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 we're going to save all the money that we usually go... <laughs>
2: Like K- Kettle here, like it's going to get into the 30s wow. in Dallas Fort Worth. And the next thing I know, there's like eight or 12 bundles of firewood in the garage.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what Tyler looked at me and he goes, Well, I know it cost us money to like rent the chainsaw, but think of all the money we're going to save on firewood. <laughs>
1: There you go, He's
2: correct.
3: I mean, there are so many piles of wood in our so, backyard. So
2: when you started telling that story, I was thinking that you might have forgotten that Chris actually saw the work in progress on the weekend because he stopped by to. Oh,
3: that's a, right. Yeah, drop
2: a, a rock and roll concert T-shirt <laughs> off for our oldest daughter.
3: We got to take care oh, of my nieces. Oh my goodness! It it's it's looking better now, but I was like, I'm so sorry, boys. Y'all spent so much time working on that, and then it was just destroyed. And now our dogs, instead of Unpacking the recycle bin or unpacking the wood pile and bringing them into the house. This sounds all right, yeah. They, Kayla's dogs. <laughs> they think it's like the best pile of fetch sticks ever, except they don't play fetch. <laughs> What's the poofy dog's name? That's Benji. Benji, the, the golden doodle. Yes. He's just sweet. He
1: was boy. not happy that he was locked away while I was there. Oh yeah. So, was- so
2: Kayla, on occasion, will post pictures of him, mm. and if she does, we get like three. Um, like at least three different dog toy companies message us on Instagram saying, we love how cute your dog is. Um, will you have him chew pictures of him chew our toys and we'll keep him in chew toys for years?
3: He's such a sweet boy, but he's a little naughty. Okay, well, hey. Um, I know that's not what we're talking you're about You're welcome tonight. for
2: the uh, update from Kayla there on our backyard. <laughs> Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Do you love how I did FM radio voice? Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to talk
1: about? <laughs> that's good. That's good. Thank you. You should like do a podcast or something. Uh, Seriously.
2: If only I thought of that.
1: <laughs> well, some people, when they hear that a young man is using a chainsaw, <laughs> <laughs> this might evoke certain feelings in them. Yes. The number one feeling being fear. Yes. So I thought that would be something that we could talk about since that is a huge player in our children's emotions and our own Yeah. Uh, yeah. when it comes to interacting with our kids. Yeah. I'm glad you said that
2: in our kids' emotions and our own because um, when, when you know, obviously since for about the last 12 months or so, um, we've been getting to go places again and trying to do workshops and work with churches and families and, and child blessing agencies and stuff. And um during COVID, there were some of ideas that, that really shifted in the way we, that we present our material, and one of them is we really want to make sure that parents connect the dots between how fear drives their own behavior, mm-hmm. it, because yeah. because primarily we talk, I was I was on the on the phone yesterday with um with with um somebody from CAFo talking about how we always talk about stuff at this one level mm-hmm. in in, in trauma informed care, but the reality is is there's so many steps above that that we yeah. need to talk about with people. And one of them is that fear drives your behavior because also, oh, my kid's behavior is driven by fear. But, but we never consider how fear drives our behavior because it does, right? Yeah. And I think we also need to recognize um, that, 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 that fear is such a primary emotion and then we stack secondary emotions on it, right? So when you're mm-hmm. angry, it's likely because you're afraid yep right that's a, the one example that that makes sense to me is is when you're when you're doing like 80 miles an hour on the highway you know it's a slow moving day in dallas Worth. everybody's <laughs> keeping it to 80 and somebody c- cuts or cuts cuts you off and you have to either hit the brakes or take evasive action or whatever and you honk and you yell you cuss you make hands whatever your 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 response is right or it's a combination of those things and um and what it looks like you're just mad because they cut you off. But the reason that, you, that, that your, your fear has manifested in anger, and you might engage in aggressive behavior, accelerate, try to cut them off and those kinds of things. But it's driven by the fact that for about a second there, you thought you were gonna die.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: And then everything builds on so top it, of
1: that. it's technically not anger at that point, it's fight.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: The, the fight fear response. Yes, yes, that
2: looks like angry. So yeah. th- that's a great transition. It yeah. really is. Let's let's because because those things with people hear those words. Yeah. The F's. Uh, so. <laughs> the F's. Right. I mean, like when when we started parenting for all of us, there was like fight or flight, like forever. Fight or flight, and then all of a sudden it was fight, flight, freeze, and and now we talk about fight, flight, freeze,
1: and fawn. And unless you haven't heard of fawn before, it's not a baby deer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't think about Bambi.
3: Well, and yeah, the fawn response I think is the one that. Um, for me, like turned on some light bulbs when I kind of heard that response because I'm like fight, flight, those kind of make sense. Okay, freeze. We had a kid who was really big freeze, you those know, two, and right. so we had to learn about the freeze response and understanding what he was going through on that one. But the fawn response for most kids, so fawn is really when the kids are... Um, they become chameleons or kids or parents. I mean, adults do this too, right? This fond response, they become a bit of a chameleon and they, um, they're trying to please everybody. So they might tell one story to one person because that's what they want to hear. And then they tell a different story to another person. So, like I explained this to, I was talking to a group of moms and I said, so if you had somebody who had this fawn response was kind of their go-to response and they were so afraid that people weren't going to like them and they were in this room and they were meeting new people Mm. and they start talking to this one person and this one person, they say you know, they were like, oh my gosh, it's so hot outside. Can you believe they have coffee over there on the, on the bar? Like it's so hot outside. Why would they set coffee out? And someone who is wanting to fit in and is so afraid people aren't going to like them would be like, oh yeah, I can't believe it. That's so dumb. I wouldn't, I can't imagine. And then the next person walks up and this, that person walks away and the new person walks up and they go, oh, I'm so glad to see coffee there. I just needed a good cup of coffee tonight. And I know some people don't like it when it's hot outside, but man, I just needed a good cup of coffee. And he's, that person would be like, me too. I was just going to go make myself some coffee. Because they're so afraid of being rejected by people that they will do and say whatever it takes for everybody around them to like them mm. and to avoid conflict. Because they would be afraid, like, if I said, if, if they said, what? You don't like coffee on a hot day. Like it's cold inside. It's air conditioned. It doesn't matter. It's not like I'm standing outside drinking coffee.
1: Those are all great points.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so
1: many things can be
2: true at once. That's right. But <laughs> somebody hit the drive-through at the coffee shop at four o'clock this <laughs> afternoon.
3: <laughs> but but somebody who has this deep fear of being rejected or this deep fear of not being liked is going to. Avoid conflict at all costs, even if that means making up a story or even if that means um, going in a different direction than what they would plan to do. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go do that with you. Even if that wasn't what they were planning, like, they're going to do it to go along and have a friend and have somebody because they have this deep fear of rejection. Mm. Um, and there can be other ways that that manifests itself. But really, the Fawn response is just going along with whatever or um just blending in and avoiding conflict at all cost
2: so i feel like we're going to camp on fawn (laughs) probably because you have not talked about that before so maybe at some point before we end this thing we can just give a brief reminder of what fight flight and freeze looks like because they don't always right look like what they
1: sound like there yeah right yeah i i think by and large everyone knows what those things are except for
3: Kind of the uh, outlier. The outlier. So, so let's be yeah. sure
2: we touch on that. But I want to say this about Fawn because because one of the things that Chris said is we have to recognize that fear drives adults' behavior. Mm-hmm. So so think about somebody who um, who who goes in one environment and we... Because we all, to some degree, have a desire to be be liked and accepted and feel, and, 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 and feel part of it. Mm. Um, and some people can like take it or leave it sometimes, but they're on at some level most everybody I know wants at least one other person to like and acknowledge their existence right? right right and and make them feel like they have a person but but the person who goes to um, who engages in in a religious discussion and when he's with a Methodist he's all about um, sprinkling when he's with a Baptist he's all about immersion right he can, mm-hmm. he can play all the sides of just that one theological issue yeah. or when he's in a room full of people who vote blue man he is all, he can highlight all the things about the Democratic Party that he likes, um, and then the flip side is around people who vote red. He can highlight all the things about the Republican Party that he likes as an attempt to, to fit in um, in both of those environments. be accepted. Right? Right. Yeah, because, because nobody... Cause, avoid cause,
3: conflict.
2: Well, avoid avoid conflict, right? Um, uh, absolutely avoid conflict, because most of us are conflict-averse, and I think most of us are conflict-averse, and we should probably... Make a whole episode on talking why people are conflict averse. <laughs> but I think just kind of here in 30 seconds, and most of us are conflict averse because we didn't grow up in environments where our parents handle conflict well. And so we don't come into being adults with any kind of framework on how to address conflict, right? I mean, you've, you've told you and I have talked about this before. Right. But, but one of the things that I've learned, Chris, is that um, as, as we do, do work and kind of understand ourselves better, one of the things we realize is that our parents didn't handle conflict well mm-hmm. because their parents likely didn't handle conflict well and left them with no framework to how to address it. And so when people talk about generational things, I think it's real, mm-hmm. right? It's very, very real. And we have to accept that. And we have to do the work to break the generational things. Um, you know, you, you listen to people saying, look, you have to be honest because the truth's all you have. Like, like I heard that recently. Um, and, and he expanded on that a little bit, and, and I won't do it justice, so I won't try, but but in that fawn situation where you're trying to desperately fit in, because it is a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm.
3: Survival, yep.
2: Right, because if I can blend in with the herd, I'm not an outlier, I'm not vulnerable, mm-hmm. I won't get hurt. Mm-hmm if I can just appease the big angry man who hit me last night or threw me into the wall, Mm -hmm. right? then he won't, and so now all of a sudden when he loves, I love. And so these learned survival skills that our kids bring to the table, one of the things I think as parents, I know we made this mistake early on in our parenting, Um, I'm thankful that we've learned along the way and we can say, hey, this is a mistake we made early on in our parenting and likely still make it, but mercifully probably less, is we look at survival skills and we kind of, um, kind of make them in our mind. We kind of convert them to coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. A survival skill is something that you had to develop to keep you safe or alive. A coping mechanism is being at the reception at a wedding and kicking your heels off because your feet are hurting, mm. right? And that's how you. The, the, and we kind of just, we kind of just kind of mash those two together a lot of times. Right. And people say, "I never intentionally do that." but your response informs that we do do that and i think we have to be careful about that
0: hello empowered parent podcast listeners i wanted to share with you a little bit how you can become a supporter of the podcast becoming a supporter is a financial way to help the podcast but also get some great extras to go along with it we have tiers starting at just five dollars but you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month as a way to say thank you anything is greatly appreciated To learn more, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. All right, back to the podcast. So there are two things that
1: I've thought of in the last few seconds while you were talking, Ryan, about uh, fawn manifesting. One was when I was in uh, college, um, I was in ROTC for a a while, and we tried to do at least once a semester um, some sort of outreach thing with veterans. And one semester we had a bunch of World War II veterans come in, including a survivor of the Bataan Death March. And I don't remember a whole lot about uh, what all these gentlemen said, but one of, the, one of them started to break down at one point. And he talked about it. He goes, you know, um, one of the things that the World War II veterans were able to do for the Vietnam veterans was help them with PTSD. Because the World War II veterans essentially never processed what they had been through, because they had to come home. They, you know, had to go back to work if they had a job, uh, or pick up their family life if they already had a family, or marry the girl that they promised they were going to marry when they went off to war. Um, you know, they got back to the business of of life essentially, and it never took that time. I mean, it was you know decades later when. They realize son, their that they sons. Needed. Essentially, now are are, are coming back for more. Yeah, that they realized they had to process that, and that made me think that they probably did a whole lot of fawning those those guys because
3: trying to fit in,
1: trying to fit in again. Right, exactly. And the other example that that popped in my head was uh, something from The Departed. So yes, I'm going to bring
3: uh,
1: <laughs> The Departed into uh, the podcast. But there's a line where uh, Vera Farmiga's character, this, the the psychologist. She's talking to uh, Leo DiCaprio's character and she mentions the word, uh, she wants to keep things on even keel. And he says, you had a parent who was an alcoholic, uh, didn't you? And she goes, wow. you know, my dad was, he she goes, why, why do you, she goes, how, how did you figure that out? He goes, cause you know, you use those words even keeled. That usually means, you know, you're used to dealing with somebody who's drunk. Mm. And that made me usually think that, that that's her character's response, right? <laughs> Fawning because she didn't know. Alcoholic, and you kind of gather from the conversation an abusive father, mm-hmm. and so just kind of two real world examples that kind of popped in my head that you may not think fit into that fear response, mm-hmm. but once you kind of get the the details in the background, it makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah.
2: So um, while you were talking, I was thinking um, when I was a child, um, and so this had kind of manifests now as an adult because I'm. Um, I don't know if I'm a great negotiator when we were negotiating financial things. I feel like I might be okay at that. I don't think Kayla can give a thumbs up or thumbs down in that regard. Um, But I think that I'm a pretty decent uh, negotiator between people in keeping the peace. Mm. Mm -hmm. And And so that was a skill that I learned as a child.
1: As a middle child? Uh, Not
2: just as a middle child in the context of of the nuclear family, but um, we had some pretty volatile extended family. Mm. And if particularly one of my uncles, if he was around, you knew that there would be yelling and screaming and threats and all kinds of things. Fortunately, never never, ever physically violent with anybody, but really emotionally very, very stressful. And I developed the skill as, as a young man because and, and I was his favorite nephew because I was always somehow able to get in there and kind of talk him off, off the ledge and make peace between him and whoever the, the other person was. And so that was kind of, I realize now, like my 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 stress response was to go fawn on the family mm. to try to keep the peace, mm-hmm. and for a lot of our kids, um, that's true. And so what that manifests like, um, it, so so to me the issue with that is that even though if you're not in a stressful situation, um, where where the fawn re- where you're not like it's not actually a stress response, but it's now a learned response, mm. which means that you then become like a people pleaser. Mm. Yeah. Right, because you have to fit in, you have to please people. It's so hardwired in your brain.
3: Well, and the more you do it, the more you lose kind of who you actually are. You don't know what you actually like and what you don't like because you've spent all your time trying to like what everybody else likes, trying to do what everybody else is doing. So you you find it hard. Like you know, when we when we see you know one of our kiddos struggles with this, and we see this kiddo. this kid has struggled with you know has struggled with finding enjoyment in things mm-hmm. like it's it's constantly working for and doing things that please other people mm-hmm. but there's not something that brings this kid joy mm-hmm. just like you know, like Ryan loves to play his guitar, like that brings him joy. So like, if he wants to just like decompress, he will just go lay on our bed and just or sit on the edge of the bed and just play his guitar. And that's just something that helps him decompress. For me, I love to like read books. I love to bake. Um, you know, so those are some things that will Get me... That's good news.
2: So if we, we need some cookies or something else... Just stress, just stress me out. stress me out. tell the kids, guys, just working mom's nerves today.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she'll pull out the, 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 sourdough, the sourdough, sourdough bread, sourdough bread, bread the sourdough, sourdough
2: crepes, the sourdough pancakes. For real.
3: It's it's very soothing to me. Yeah. Thank but you for <laughs> that little tip and insight into me. But you know those.
2: I thought you just liked to bake.
3: <laughs> but most <laughs> turns
2: out our house is stressful.
3: You, you can all of a sudden now every time I bake sourdough bread, he's going to be like, "Baby, are you okay?" Yeah,
2: we're not rebranding what's, to one what's, big stressful home.
3: not <laughs> stressing you out today? No, but it, you know, most of us have something that we enjoy and something that we like to do, something that that you know. We can say even if we don't have time to do it. We could mm-hmm. say there's this one thing that I really love. I haven't done it in years, but I really love it. Those those kids, those people that have lived in this place of being a chameleon don't have that. Mm-hmm. They can't find those things that they love. When you say you know, what do you like to do? They're like uh, they like to do whatever you like to do. Right. You know, like they like to do whatever they think will please you in that moment and. So it's really interesting, though, as we've learned this, like looking back, we can see like when this particular kid of ours was younger Mm -hmm. and we could see that, you know, this kid struggled with playing independently and imaginative things. And, um, you know, it was like, because it was, I'm going to play, you know, like, I'm going to play this game because you like this game. So I'll play this game. Maybe it's not the game that I wanted to play, but I'll just play it because I'm going to avoid conflict, you know? Mm. So it's really interesting as you learn it and you start looking at your kids and you go, oh, yes, that's what that is. Like this kid, we thought like when this kid first came home, it was like they would eat anything, and everything. Like I love salad. You're (laughs) thinking like, really? You love salad? (laughs) I didn't think Four anybody olds, actually loved salad, but Brussels sprouts. Right. <laughs>
2: four-year-olds don't usually eat Brussels sprouts. Yes, yes, this, but it was. Plus, this... year old doesn't eat Brussels sprouts, so I don't blame <laughs> the
3: four-year-olds. But it was. It, it looking back, it's like, oh, what what a lot of people see is like a really well-behaved kid. Mm. Well, we
2: do. We, we've done, we've done, we've called it well, yeah. a honeymoon pairing. Yes, people. Which just, I wish we just expunge that from from child.
3: But that's exactly. It, entirely. People do. They say there's a honeymoon period when the kid comes home. There's not a honeymoon period. It's this fallen response that we're Mm. seeing, you know? And so when you, like, people go, oh, we didn't get a honeymoon period. It's because that wasn't your kid's response.
2: response. Yeah.
3: That wasn't how they responded to fear. They responded with fight or flight or or freeze. But so a lot of kids will initially, they're like, I'm going to please these people because maybe they'll keep me around. And then Mm. maybe, you know, it's like your brain, again, it's not a... We don't do it on purpose. It's just your brain's survival. It's protection. Yep. Your brain has said, I need to protect myself from this stressful situation. I need to protect myself when I'm feeling strat- distress. And so I, I'll avoid the conflict and I'll do it. And when they're feeling safe, you'll see more of their authentic self. You'll see more of like, well, actually, I don't want to do that. you know. And you'll see a little bit of that come out. Mm. But if you've got a kid that's always stressed and like in this heightened stress, you're not going to see the authentic kid. You're not going to see who they really are. You're just going to see who they think they need to be. Mm.
2: Yeah, and I think that's it, right? Because it ultimately they end up pretending to be who they think they need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about um, fight and flight because those those require something of you. Mm. Um, a lot of you actually, right? Fight being either physical or, or verbal. Flight being either physically running away or mentally checking out. Mentally, emotionally, around. yeah. You're making jokes, you can't deal with the reality, that kind of stuff. Those are arousal responses. Freeze and fawn are disassociative responses, which to me, the word is just is just kind of a troubling word because it means that the child has just realized that they have to separate themselves from reality because it's the only way they can cope. Yeah. Mm. Which means that if your child's response is freeze or fawn, it's likely that they were in environments that are actually more harmful to them. I'm not yeah. saying that's a guarantee, but when you look at how that all works, right? The disassociative stuff, they, because they've got to the point where they feel like there is no point other than just shutting down or trying to be a chameleon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Trying to stand up for myself, trying to explain, trying to get away, none of that works. So now I, now, now we just shut it down. And to me, that's always sad. And mm-hmm. and what happens is people go, oh, he's just such a great kid. He eats his vegetables. Well, three months later, once you've actually been doing some work <laughs> and the child feels like, oh, at home, may- maybe. Man, nothing's bads happened in like 100 days. Maybe I can just let the guard down a little bit. Again, not consciously doing that. Mm-hmm. And also like, what happened?
3: Why uh, won't he eat
2: his vegetables? Well, then we, and then we do this thing. We say, he used to be such a good boy.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. And like, oh my gosh, can we just disassociate behavior from, from character traits? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, does, John, does Johnny do bad things? Yes. Does that make Johnny a bad boy? No, it just makes Johnny a boy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, speaking from personal experience. <laughs> so, anyhow.
3: Well, and going back to what you said earlier about, you know, us as parents... And our own fear responses and the way we respond. I think oftentimes we respond to our kids' behaviors out of our own fear of what's going to happen next or mm. what's going to happen in the future.
2: Hey, i got a great idea. Yes. Because what you just said.
3: That's triggered a, whole, a bunch well, of well, stuff. Without, without <laughs> the three
2: of us having a conversation, I myself could do a 30-minute presentation <laughs> in response to that. <laughs> Like how do you how do you feel about doing like like a second one? Cause,
3: second part cause of Because
2: we're one. almost thirty minutes into this.
3: Perfect. Yeah,
2: because like, let's we'll talk
3: about that. parents' fear responses. Oh yeah. On the next one. Oh yeah. Sounds yeah, good to the, me.
1: The future is a big one. I yeah.
3: Guess. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Sounds good to me. All right. So is that it on the? I guess. It's in.
2: It feels like we shared some stuff that might be helpful. I would hope so. (laughs) Please, if it was helpful, email us. If it was not, please don't. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) Just a joke. You can email us. If it was helpful, you could email Ryan. If it wasn't helpful, you can email Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that should probably be in
2: reverse. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Kayla does not want to hear that it was not helpful. I
3: want it to be helpful.
1: (laughs) Well, as always, you can email us at info at onebighappyhome.com. That goes to both Ryan and Kayla. So whether or not you felt it helpful, let them
3: know. Oh, goodness. And
1: as always, thanks for listening.